Thank you for joining us today. Whether you are part of the Lighthouse family, be it on-site with us weekly or tuning in online, we'd love to connect with you via our social media at Lighthouse Ely. It's on all our social media platforms. I hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Amen. Wow. Bet you're glad you came today. Thank you. <laughs> We're going to jump into Scripture, into Romans chapter 12. If you've got a Scripture, uh, scripture. if you've got a Bible, a uh, tablet, whatever, you can jump into that. We're talking uh, Spirit Driven Life series, and um, we really believe God directs us and guides us. And my title this morning is Being Led by the Spirit. I asked somebody just before... Uh, the service, how do you know God's voice? How do you know God, what God wants for you? Um, how do you know the Holy Spirit is speaking to you? How do you know it's God and not you? Or too much pizza you had? Uh, you know, that, uh, what, what is it? What is it that's uh, driving us forward? What is it that God is speaking? How many believe that God does speak to us today? And yeah, okay, that's most of you. That's good. I'm preaching to the choir. Uh, Let's jump in here. Romans 12 verse 1, it says this. So, brothers and sisters, since God has shown us great mercy, I beg you to offer your lives as a living sacrifice to him. Wow, we could preach on that, couldn't we? Your offering must only be for God and pleasing to him, which which is the spiritual worship for you. Or it's for you, it's spiritual worship. So do not be shaped by this world. Instead, be changed within by a new way of thinking. Then you will be able to decide what God wants for you. And you'll know what is good and pleasing to him and what is perfect. We've been talking from the book of Acts about uh, the disciples, how they were filled with the Spirit, how the Holy Spirit was to be their helper. We had uh, Pastor Lizzie talk about Uh, spiritual gifts, uh, about words of knowledge, words of wisdom, and uh, talked, was it last week? Last week, about speaking in other languages, how the Holy Spirit gave them that ability to speak in other languages. And uh, the language as a prayer language, and we talked about uh, language that we can communicate with people that the Holy Spirit will give us. But one thing, we're leading up to our Pentecost service next Sunday, and um, I know God is going to do something amazing. I know God does something amazing every week with us. But when we come with an expectation that not only is God going to speak to us, but God's going to move amongst us, that we can experience a, a move of God. Now, we don't um, believe God wants to move as in move away. <laughs> God is going to move within us. And I think there's a stirring that comes with that expectation. And I think that's what we've been doing since Easter, is building an expectation that God wants to move within us, that we could all use more of the Holy Spirit. Some days when I feel so human and so just... uh, (laughs) It's not a word, I can't spell that, but feel... um, I just long for that more of the Holy Spirit in me. Anyone else kind of know where I'm going with this? You just, because 
It's only by the Spirit. It's not by my own might. It's not by my own power, says the Scripture, but it's by the Spirit, says the Lord. And I really feel that God wants to do some more amongst us. And I think we have to be expectant and we have to be willing. He says, you're going to change the way of thinking. If your thinking is shaped how the world thinks, I spoke on this a few weeks ago, but we want to be changed into a new way of thinking, a way of thinking that uh, puts God first. And one thought from the book of Acts that we've been talking about is this dramatic change in the disciples' life following the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we want that change in our life. And you say, well, you know, I'm already a Christian. I already believe in God. I already filled with the Holy Spirit. I've been baptized in water. I've been baptized in the Spirit. What else is there? And I think, well, if we think like that, maybe we've got a really low expectation We've got a really shallow expectation of what God can do. But could God speak through me? Could God speak to me? Could God change the circumstances around me by filling me with that power, with that uh, Holy Spirit that we so long for? And a phrase that's often used in the book of Acts is how they were led by the Holy Spirit. And... Uh, there was a big decision, you know, the Council of Jerusalem, and there was a big argument whether they should allow non-Jews uh, to come in, whether they're, if, they're not get, if they're not circumcised. And one thing, the leader of the church, I think it was James, he said, it seemed good to me, and it seemed good to the Holy Spirit. And I think that's the way I want to live. I don't want to live just because it seems good to me. It needs to seem good to the Spirit. I need to have that in me to say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying about this particular thing in my life? And that I, I know you're leading me. I know you're speaking to me. And when it comes to key decisions in my life, that I could submit to you and say, not my will, but your will to be done. And I think one of the first things is we know the will of God is because we're not thinking as the world thinks but we are transformed, that our mind is renewed, that we come to the place of, of prayer like Christ in the garden of Gethsemane that says, not my will, but your will be done. And he's kind of chatting with God and he's saying, listen, if there's any other way that we can do this, I'm up for it. You know, if we can have this cup pass from me, that cup of suffering, you know, there would have been no victory on the cross without the submission in the garden. And Christ says, not my will, but your will be done. So how do we know what the will of the Spirit is? And I think there's several things that we can be aware of God's Spirit. We can be aware that God is with us and speaking to us. We can be in submission to God's Word. God's not going to speak in contrary to His Word. So we need to know the Word of God. And I think we know as children of God, we know our Heavenly Father. We know that voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They know me. They know me. And I think if we are followers, that's I guess what he's talking about of sheep there. If we are followers, then we need to be listening out for the voice of God directing us. We need to be in daily fellowship with God and his word. 
And I think if we began each day with the expectation that I'm going to hear God today, that when I open my scripture, God's going to speak to me. God's going to reveal something to me, and it's going to be like that quickening or that revelation. Because when we mix the word of God with our faith or our expectation, don't we know things happen? And I know these scriptures are written how many thousands of years ago, and, but when we hear them, really hear them, and say, God, is this what you have for me? Is this what you're speaking to me today? And I think it begins like Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 33, it said, you seek my kingdom and what I want. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, or seek what God wants for your life, then other things that you're, you're, you're needing. You know, Matthew 6, you can read it all there. And he says, don't worry about tomorrow. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I think there's something about coming to God daily. In the prayers we pray, give us today our daily bread. And how many know we don't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. And that's true in Jesus' day, and it's true for us today. In Romans 8, verse 27, Paul says, It's the Father that knows the hearts of us. It's the Spirit that pleads with us to live in harmony or in unity with God's will. And I think we can pray each day, Lord, let my life live in harmony with you. Right, question then. Here we go. So, I'm living my life, and I have a big decision, and I have something I need to go left or right. You know, how do I know which God is leading me? Is he leading me left or right? And I've checked it with Scripture, and it's not contrary. He's not telling me to go out and live in sin or anything like that. Um, so how do we know which way do we turn? How do we know what God wants for us? You know, you might be having a job interview, or you've... you've Deciding what to do in business or deciding what school uh, you're going to send your kids to, um, things like that. And um, we were praying about what kid or school, our, secondary school our kids were going to go to. And um, uh, Liberty wanted to go to a particular school. That was what she wanted. And I was like, no, no, no. I, I really believe it's going to this school. And that's what I'm believing for. That's what I'm setting my hopes on. And then the morning, you know, the letter comes, doesn't it? in the beginning of March, tells you what school you got into. And the uh, Holy Spirit woke me up, uh, and, basically, and all the Holy Spirit said to me, it's going to be okay. I've got this. And I'm like, what do you mean it's going to be okay? I've got this. And I opened the letter, and she got the school she wanted, <laughs> not the school I wanted. But I knew that God spoke to me. And I said, okay. This, this is going to be okay. God's got this. God's with me. You know, and, I, and I know that is, was God's voice speaking to me. But I think if we are on purpose making time for God in prayer, I think if we pray that God gives us wisdom, because God does, and ask God to speak clearly and show favor. You know, it says of Jesus that he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and human beings. I believe that. I prayed that every day. My parents made us pray that before we left the house. Today I will grow in wisdom and stature and favor of God, favor of God um, in my life. But there are things where God has given us wisdom 
There are things where God has given us choice, but they need, we need God's strength to follow them through. I don't think when you become a Christian, all of a sudden everything is easy and all will go your way. Um, I think there are challenges that we have in life. Um, Roz was reading to me a bit of her uh, Isaiah study. The ladies doing Isaiah study. Apparently, it's amazing. Um, she read this from me from the book. It says, We try so hard to figure out the next steps in our human striving when Scripture documents the Lord is speaking often in a quiet voice. If God is speaking in a quiet voice, maybe we need to be quiet and listen. He promises to teach us and to guide us. In Isaiah 30 verse 21 says, When we ask for help and we wait patiently, we will hear a voice telling us, this is the way you should go, whether to the left or to the right. And I think there's something happens when we shift our focus from ourselves and shift our focus towards God. And believe that God will direct our path, will order our steps. There's a psalmist that says, His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And I think there's, there's two there, isn't it? One is the path so we can see the way ahead. And God's word will light that for us and God will speak to us. I truly believe this. And there's a, there's a lamp unto our feet, you know, which God is helping us not stumble. You know, I think we need to see both. We need to see further ahead so we know where we're going. And if we know where we're going, we can walk with purpose and speed. And also there's a lamp unto our feet. But it is that shift of focus, isn't it, saying, God, what are you saying to me today? And, and I've heard this say, well, if I feel peace about it, I know that's God's will for me. And I, I get where that's coming from because there's a peace of God which passes our natural understanding. As Scripture says, it guards our hearts and our minds and it gives us that strength and that courage. But doesn't mean that it's not going to be challenging. It means that in that process, God will hold you. And I look in scriptures, examples in Scripture of where people have followed clearly what God wants for them, and it's been horrendous. And I imagine while they're walking through it, and they don't see the end of the story, we can skip to the end, can't we, and say, why do they even question or doubt God? Because it's really clear that God does it, but then we know the end of the story. But our life's like a book, and God knows the end of the story. It's like he can see it, can't he, at the beginning and the end. But there's sometimes you know it's the right thing to do, but you've got to hold steady and you've got to take courage. I was reminded of Moses. Moses had a really rough time of it and God called him. He listened and he argued with God, didn't he? But he did obey. But he needed that courage and that strength to bring the Israelites out of slavery. There was something so important that he couldn't let his own hang-ups get in the way. Have you ever read the argument? Let me see if I can find it. It's not in my notes, so I need to find it. Exodus chapter 4, uh, well, Exodus 3, has appeared to him in the, in the burning bush. He's revealed who he is. He says, I am, and I am will be with you. And Exodus chapter 4, Moses says, what if the people don't believe me? 
What if they don't listen to me? What if they say the Lord does not appear to you? He's having a wobble. And Lord says to him, what's in your hand? And that's all he says to him. And he says, it's, it's my walking stick. You know, why did Moses need a walking stick? He was 80. He probably needed it to get around. But that was something that he had. And, he, and, and the argument continues. I love this. He says, um, but Lord, I can't speak. I'm not a skilled speaker. Even after talking to you, I cannot speak. I speak slowly. I can't find the best words. And the Lord says to him, who made the person's mouth? Who makes someone deaf or not able to speak? Who gives person sight and blindness? It is I, the Lord. Now go. I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. You know, that sounds like a fairly strong rebuke, doesn't it? This is the Lord speaking. Stop making excuses. Do as you're told sort of thing, isn't it? And then this is the best verse. Verse 13. Lord, please send someone else. <laughs> After all of that, please send someone else. Uh, to be in that conversation. Of course, we know it worked out all right. So he had a hard time. But I think if we are living in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, if we are trusting in God, if we are submitted to God, if we are filled with wisdom, we have a good foundation of God's word. I think it's hard to stray from the will of God. But it happens. So what happens then if we don't hear or we're presumptuous or we go the wrong way? What if we fall into sin? What if we are deceived? We can be deceived. Isn't this truth? And I think that's the enemy's chief weapon is to deceive us or try and deceive us into thinking worldly things or thinking God does not there or God doesn't care. But if we stray from God and we stray and we fall into sin, what happens? I think if we are living our life in our own will after our own flesh, the scripture says that we're not in the spirit. If we walk in the Spirit in fellowship with God, we're in Christ. There's no condemnation. But if we walk according to our flesh, we can walk into a path of destruction and get into self-justification. You know, thinking, listen, I'll undermine God's holy standard and I'll live how I want to live. I don't want to fall into self-justification. I don't want to twist things to make it seem that the way I'm living is okay and try and justify it by, well, God, you don't understand what it's like to live in the 21st century. You know, God, <laughs> like he doesn't, you know, you don't understand I have these needs, you know, but the Lord says, but they're married to someone else, you know, but Lord, you don't understand. <laughs> I mean, we get ourselves in a lot of trouble there, don't we? And you look in Scripture, and, and David, David was a man after God's own heart who did all his will. And David, he wrote so many amazing psalms. And, but he was an example of getting things wrong. There was a time when he was supposed to be out of war. It was the time of year, the Scripture says, when kings went out to war, but David was at home watching a naked woman on a rooftop nearby. I mean, that should have been a warning signal to him, first of all, to say, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. 
Second thing, what are you doing up there? What is going on? You are married and probably had so many wives already. But he gets caught, he gets found out, and then he has to commit murder to cover it up. I mean, David really stuffed it up. And Nathan, uh, was it Nathan or Nathaniel the prophet comes and says to him and rebukes him. And then maybe this is where he wrote Psalm 51. You know, it's not that we don't make mistakes and we don't fall into temptation and that we don't, you know, in our humanness. But we need to know how to get back on the right path. And David prayed this, Psalm 51 verse 10. He says, create in me a pure heart. Oh, could that be our prayer today? God, and make my spirit right again. Do not send me from your Holy Spirit. Do not send your spirit away. Do not take it away from me, but give me back the joy of my salvation. Keep me strong by giving me a willing spirit. I tell you, if we're living unwilling to repent, or we're in that place of rebellion, or that place of hardness of heart, you know, I'd say, is the Holy Spirit speaking to you at all? If we're not willing to submit to the Holy Spirit, to what God is saying to us, and I know we struggle, but struggling isn't the sign that we've messed up. Struggling is the sign that the Holy Spirit is maybe bringing some conviction to our hearts. I tell you, if you never feel convicted by the Holy Spirit, are you even listening to God's voice? We could be convicted that God loves us. We can be convicted that... We've slept or we've strayed away. But we submit to God. Say, not my will, but your will be done. And that submission is that daily choice. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus talking to to the crowd and he says, if any of you want to be my followers, this is Luke 9, 23, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give your life up for my sake, you'll save it. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you yourself are lost or destroyed? I think because of the work of the Holy Spirit, we're able to give ourselves to God each day. Say, God, I want to live in harmony with you. I want to follow you. I don't want to live according to my selfish desires but I want you to come into my life. I know God has a way of turning things around. Remember Joe Lampshire talking about Jonah. And uh, Jonah heard the word of God clearly, but decided to go the other way. But God had a way of turning things around. And it was the big fish. That was God's plan. I'm going to have a big fish. And he's... He's sinking to the bottom of the ocean and God uh, saves him and rescues him with the fish. But God has a way of turning things around. This is Romans 8, isn't it? Um, Romans 8, 28. It says, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. Isn't this great? God knew in advance who he chose to become his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Having chosen them, he called them to him. Having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them the right standing, he gave them his glory. That's the path I want to choose. 
And as children of God, you know, we know and believe that we're right in his sight. And that God wants the best for his children. And he corrects his children. He guides them. He leads them. In John 1, he says, To all those who accept him and believe in him, he gave them the right to become children of God. Not They did not become his children in a human way by human parents or human desires, but they were born of the will of God. I think I'm born again by the will of God. So by accepting Christ, by believing him, we're already on that pathway to accepting what God wants for us. We're already starting down that road and we know that we, uh, we believe that we can know who God is. And that we're born from him, from his will, and we know his voice and we know him. And there's a scripture, you know, someone said, oh, the scripture in the Old Testament says, but my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. And I think, well, yeah, but that's the Old Testament. What was prophesied in the New Testament, that God said, I will write my laws on your heart so that you'll want what I want. I'll write my laws in your mind so you'll know what I want. And I'll remember your sins no more. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I will be with you. The, the Holy Spirit, as Asher spoke about, is our helper. He's here to help us, to guide us, to teach us. And he says, listen, you have my teachings. And even if you're forgetting the teachings, the Holy Spirit will remind you of the things that Christ has said to you. And remind you of the words that you have. And the Holy Spirit will bear witness in you that you are my children. And remind you of the things that I've said. I, do, I truly believe that the scripture speaks to us today. And as I said before, when we mix that word with faith, we can take the scripture written maybe thousands of years ago and we can say, yes, in faith, this belongs to me. In Isaiah 43, and I'd say take, take this scripture for yourself. Isaiah 43 we have this one up there? I don't know. The one who formed you says, do not be afraid. I have ransomed you. I've called you by name and you are mine. I take that as a word from God for me. I belong to him. He's ransomed me. You know, he's saved me. Do not be afraid. What a word from God for, for us today. Hold on to that when we're struggling, when we're going through sickness, when we're going through challenges. When you go through deep waters... I'll be there with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you'll not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you'll not be burned up. The flames will not consume you because you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. Do not be afraid for I am with you. How about that for a word of God for you today, for us today? David knew this, didn't he? He said, listen, if I ascend to the highest heavens, God, you're there with me. If I make my bed in the depths of hell, you're there with me. So we know what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He says, I'll heal you, I'll teach you, I'll save you, I'll bless you. All of these are promises that all the promises of God are yes and let it be so. That's how we take that word of God into us and hold on to it in faith. I'm going to close. I'm going to close with where I started. I want my thinking to line up with God's thinking. 
I want my thoughts to line up with God's thoughts. And maybe my mind needs to be renewed. Maybe I need to think about the things that I'm watching or entertaining. Or, you know, we often can't help thoughts coming across our mind, but we can certainly not let them take root. And we're challenged by this, aren't we? We're, it's honestly, we're challenged by this and say, no, that's the world's way of thinking. And we need a filter, don't we? We need a filter to say, that's not of you. And we need a filter to say, no, this is you. This is you speaking to me, Lord. And maybe God is speaking to you or you're not sure God's speaking to you. Write it down and pray about it. And say, Lord, maybe you could confirm your word with signs following. Maybe I can take this to someone I trust. And so I really think the Lord is leading me and directing me in this direction. I can find no scripture contrary to it, but I can, and it's not the way the world thinks. But there's something within you that just says, okay, this is the Lord. And maybe you're one of those that gets a, a vision. That God's, you see something and you say, wow, Lord, what are you saying to me in that vision? Or you wake up with a dream. And you say, and there's something within you, and you say, okay, is this God? Or maybe somebody comes to you and gives you a word, speaks to you and say, I believe the Lord is saying this and this. I know we're, we're careful about those things, because those things need to line up with God's word. And they also do line up with what's God already speaking to you already and confirms it. I think there's filters that we can put in place here. What is the Lord saying to us? Is the Lord speaking to us? Do we hear his voice? Maybe write it down, get it checked out, test it. I believe in this. I believe the expectation that when you open the word, open the scripture, God reveals something to you. And believe that you can hear his voice. You're a child of God, you can hear his voice. And maybe we need to renew our mind and trust in God to live a life pleasing to him. Your reasonable worship, your reasonable worship is sacrifice. So, brothers and sisters, since God has shown us such great mercy, offer your lives as a living sacrifice to him. A living sacrifice is like I'm placing myself on that altar, that sacrifice saying, not my will, your will be done. I'm giving myself to you. I'm surrendering myself to you. I'm giving you my life. This is my spiritual worship to you. And I'm not going to be shaped by the world's way of thinking, but changed within by a new way of thinking. Then I will be able to know what God wants for me. I think you can turn these scriptures around and say, I'm claiming this for myself, that I'll know what God wants. I'll know the direction. I'll know the Lord's leading. And if I get it wrong, I can turn it around. God turns things around. He works all things together for the good of those who love him and follow him. Amen. Believe this. Believe this. What God wants for you. What God wants for you is good, it's pleasing to him, and it's perfect. I think that's a good filter as well. <laughs> what is God saying to me that he wants me to do? Well, is it good and pleasing to God? I feel like I'm starting the preach again. Never close with your opening scripture because you're just going for another hour. Why don't we just pray? 
Lord, in submission to your word, in submission to your Holy Spirit. Let my life be not what I want, but what you want. Help me to seek first your kingdom, to seek first your right standing, your righteousness, to seek what you want. And ask you now to speak to me. Speak to me by your Holy Spirit, Lord, that I may be led by you, I may be directed by you, and I may be filled with your Holy Spirit. And ask you to confirm your word with signs following, to confirm your word. Oh Lord, I want a greater measure of your Spirit. How do we receive the Holy Spirit, we ask? And maybe we've gone the wrong direction. And we have to pray, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Renew that right spirit within me. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me, but give me your life. Give me your heart. Give me your mind. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Forgive my sins as I forgive others who have sinned against me. And forgive me for harboring any bitterness, any malice, any hatred. Forgive me, Lord, for not walking in love, for not walking in peace. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your gentleness, with your kindness, with your goodness. Fill me with your faithfulness. Fill me with your self-control. Give me your Holy Spirit, Lord, more powerfully. Give me your Holy Spirit, Lord. Make a move amongst us. Move amongst us, Holy Spirit. You know, I really believe this is happening if we're expecting it, if we're willing to say, Lord, fill me again. Fill me, refresh me, renew me, restore me, heal me, save me, deliver me. Yes, Lord. Do it, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, we take your word for us today. We take what your spirit is saying to us. Help us to live, Lord, as pleasing to you. Help us to walk in your ways. Fill us with your Holy Spirit.